You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. This is a show all about different ways that you can take care of yourself and learn more about yourself. And I, you know, I'm personally on this journey with all of you all the time. I love experimenting. I love learning new things. And sometimes, you know, this world of health, of wellness, of self-care can feel overwhelming. I mean, actually kind of a lot, again, because there's so much to learn, so much to know. And as a part of my postpartum healing journey over the last year, I decided it was time to get back to some of the basics of health and wellness, of self-care, and focus on just, you know, my health, nutrition, movement, hydration. And I've really been doing that over the last year. I've talked about this on the show. I work with a functional medicine doctor here in the Twin Cities, Dr. Cassie Wilder. And, you know, more to come on that next week. I'm going to talk about my personal health journey and the things I learned over 200 episodes of this show. But as a part of my work with Dr. Cassie and Minneapolis Integrative Medicine is that I was able to work with a health coach this year. And at first I was like, cool, I love, you know, I love coaches. I love learning from people, more opportunities to get all the information. But what I didn't really understand about what a health coach actually does is that they are really that liaison. They're that accountability partner between you and whatever goal it is, whatever diagnosis, whatever doctor that you are working with so that you can reach that goal. And I started working with today's guest, Marwa Ismail, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is such a cool thing to do, opportunity to be able to work with a health coach. And I think we need more of it. So as a health coach, as Marwa explains in more detail today, that person is really there to help you work towards your health goals. You know, maybe that's healing, maybe that's weight loss or nutrition or whatever, but really they are this like strong, knowledgeable accountability partner through whatever journey it is you're working through. Now, Why I think this is so important right now and why I wanted to talk with Marwa about this particular role and some of the things that we can do is that we've seen, you know, our culture, our society really shift in health over the last three years. Unfortunately, we're seeing people that are getting sicker and sicker, probably because they hadn't gone to the doctor for a while, stress, you know, the isolation, so much has happened over the last several years. And doctors and traditional medicine systems are really overwhelmed. You know, you see this in in ERs, we see this in urgent care, it's just so backed up. And what's so amazing about health coaches and the future of practitioners and that relationship to health coaches is that this can really be the bridge between the patient and the medical provider. And I, and I really believe that we're going to see more and more of this moving forward. Health coaches that can spend significant time with you while you work through whatever diagnosis or goal that you have been given through a medical team so that you can actually reach that goal. And that's how I work with Marwa. So I started working with in, in Minneapolis Integrative Medicine and was given you know, a diagnosis that I'm working towards, um, a goal that I'm working towards. And Marwa is someone who I get to meet with every few weeks to check in and just talk it through, come up with some ideas. You know, she's not the one that's giving me the diagnosis or you know, prescribing any sort of medicine, but she's there to listen. She's there to ask the great questions. She's there to give me all the good ideas. And it's just, I love it. I love this concept. And I want more of you to hear about this because I think it's really the future of health. So that's the lay of the land on, you know, health coaching in general. Let me tell you a little bit about Marwa. Marwa Ismail is an integrative nutrition and functional nutrition health coach who graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, the largest nutrition and health coaching school in the world. And she went on to complete a certification for from Mind Body Greed in functional nutrition 
coaching. And she's been doing this um, over the last three years. She has a private practice and she works with Minneapolis Integrative Medicine. This episode is so jam-packed with ideas for just how to simplify your health and wellness routines. You know, when we talk and when I work with Mara, I'm just reminded that it's, you know, it's those simple little things that have made the world of difference. In fact, next week I'm doing a whole episode on this topic, what I've learned in over 200 episodes and how really that simplicity is so key. What I love learning from Marwa in this conversation today is how her faith, her Muslim faith, plays such an important role in her relationship with well-being, with her health, how it shapes her daily practices and the choices that she makes. And she gives some specifics on that today. In this episode, we discuss how her health journey brought her to health coaching, what goals some of her clients bring to her as a health coach, why carbs, friends, are not the villains. We so villainize carbs. There are so many ways to get those healthy carbs in, and we talk about that. We talk some of the best protein sources out there. We talk about weaving faith into a well-being practice. We talk about how to motivate yourself to make healthy decisions and start new habits literally today. And she gives three really simple things that you can do right away. And then we talk about what Marwa does for self-care as a mama herself. So if you want to learn more about her and her private practice, please check out the info in the show notes. She works with clients all over the world. So definitely have the opportunity to work with her. If you learn something new in this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. That's literally the ultimate form of currency on here in podcasting world, spreading the word. So thank you in advance. And finally, I'm so excited to share that this episode is available for video viewing on YouTube. So moving forward, if you're someone who likes to watch video for podcasts, most of the Yoga Magic podcast episodes will be on our brand new YouTube channel. So check that out and hit subscribe so you can get all the extra content over there. Oh my gosh, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's have this conversation with health coach Marwa Ismail. Welcome, Marwa. I'm so excited to chat with you. I get to chat with you all the time, but not in this capacity. So thanks for being on the Yoga Magic Podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. So listeners, Marwa's been helping me a lot over the last (laughs) several months in... I think sometimes just reining me in a little bit. I love to try all the things, all of the wellness hacks, biohacks, whatever it is. And you are so good at asking the right questions and bringing really grounded self-care wellness practices right in front of us. So thank you in advance. (laughs) My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. So I'd love for you to share with listeners your journey to becoming a health coach um, and maybe what is a health coach for listeners that aren't, aren't sure what that means. Yeah. So I love this question. I love to talk about it. So I'm glad that you started off with this. Um, so a health coach is the way I like to tell um, my patients and clients is a health coach is someone who holds your hand on your health journey. And that means a lot of different things. So one of the most important is the support, right? The support that you get, um, you know, the space that you get, you, you get to, you know, express how you feel, the frustrations that you're experiencing. Um, you get to celebrate your wins, you know, talk about all the good things that are happening. Um, so there's, there's just so much that goes into that whole support piece and holding space for people. I think that's mm-hmm. a really, really important part of the, the whole process. Um, But then also another really important thing about a health coach is helping people identify what their goals are and why they're important to them. Because a lot of times I think we do know what our goals are for the most Mm -hmm. part, but we don't really think about why we want to do certain things. Right. And I think until you make that connection, um, it's really hard to stick to your goals and make progress. So that's another really important area that we kind of focus on is, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What's motivating you? Why is it important to you? Um, And then from there, we kind of talk about, you know, actionable steps. What are some things you can do that work for you and your lifestyle and your circumstances? Um, And it's a very individual thing, right? Because everyone's so different. So I that's something I really enjoy is being able to work with people on different levels and, you know, trying to really cater to what works best Mm -hmm. for them, because if we don't do that, then how are we going to make progress? If we're trying to do something that someone else is doing, it might not necessarily work for us. So kind of figuring out what that thing is or what those things are. Um, and then the huge, huge piece is also accountability. So having someone to kind of be you know, held accountable, they hold you accountable, they check in with you and your progress, um, You know, trying to figure out, are these things working for you? Are there any changes that need to be made? Or even like, you know, circumstances change, life happens 
kind of going with those ebbs and flows and figuring out, you know, how do I navigate? And then I know I'm going to be talking to this person and they're going to hold me accountable. So that's really sometimes a missing piece in, you know, um, progress. Um, so that's like in a nutshell what a health coach is and what a health coach does. How did I become a health coach? So it's a long story, actually. So back in 2017-ish, something mm-hmm. like that, um, I started having all kinds of weird symptoms and, you know, like really fatigued all the time, um, hair falling out, joint pain, muscle pain, just really um, just all the stuff that didn't make sense. And it was like very abnormal for me. Um, so, you know, I started wondering, like, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, obviously I went to the doctor and they did some blood work and whatnot and everything came back normal. <laughs> which to me, I was like, there's something wrong here. Like, you know, there's, they're saying that everything's normal, but I don't feel normal. So I kept kind of just being insistent about like finding out what was going on. Um, I started just researching and reading about all this different stuff. And I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go get my own blood work done because my doctor wouldn't do the blood work that I asked for. She was like, oh, you're fine. You don't need anything. And everything's normal. I never get that. Like, just do the work. It's fine. Very dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It was very frustrating. And so I was like, you know what? If she doesn't want to do it, I'm just going to go do it myself. And I and I went and I got some blood work done. And lo and behold, um, I had very high antibodies um, thyroid antibodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. And I actually felt relieved that I actually had an answer, um, to what was going on. And so I, I went back to my doctor and told her what I had done, you know, I'd done the blood work and this is what happens. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, um, I could put you on some, you know, low dose Synthroid and, you know, this hormone and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Um, I really want to just kind of figure things out on my own for a little bit and just, you know, just look into it. So she said, okay. And so I started really like, you know, devoting so much time to just researching, reading, um, attending um, webinars, just anything I could do to educate myself about this this condition, um, Hashimoto's. And that's what I did for a good year. I I just like delved into it. Um, And then I started kind of figuring out that food has a lot to do with symptoms Mm -hmm. and lifestyle. So I started making changes in my um, diet. I started making changes um, with regards to like stress and trying to really take care of myself. And I'm the kind of person that really likes to um, say yes to everyone. And so I had to learn that I can't do that yeah. all the time. I have to kind of, yeah, I have to like, and I think that's a, a big form of self-care is just identifying that sometimes you have to put up some barriers um, and you have to kind of take care of yourself first before you extend your overextend yourself. Um, so I started doing all these things and I started feeling so much better. My symptoms started to go away. Um, just I just felt a lot better. And so when I went back to get my blood work done about a year later, my numbers had come down significantly. Um, and even my endocrinologist, he was like, I don't know what you're doing, but you don't need to come here anymore. Like you're wow. just you're doing so well. You don't need to take medicine. Keep doing what you're doing. And so when that happened, I felt so empowered And I was like, you know what? I'm sure there are other people that are struggling with the same thing I'm struggling with. And how can I help them? So I started thinking, like, what can I do to help people? And how can I, um, I guess, use my story and experience to really motivate them and empower them to do the same thing for themselves? So look, I looked into all kinds of stuff and I landed on health coaching. Um, It fit really well for me. I felt like it was once I started getting into it, I really felt like it was my calling Um, and and that's the rest is history. I've been doing it for three years now and I couldn't be happier. I love it. That's it's so inspiring to hear when people listen to their bodies, right? When they are intuitive about that. A couple of questions about doing that, because one, I think that's super brave and people hearing others do that empowers them to do it as well. But it's not easy. Where did you how did you know where to go for blood work on your own? You know, I, I had to research a lot. That was a lot of a lot of time was just researching how to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a uh, a local uh, lab called any I think it's called any, any lab test. Any, now. Yeah, we have that you too. That? Yeah, it must be like a chain. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. And so I was like, you know, I, I looked at their website and I saw the stuff they offered, and I was like, let me just do this. And and the beauty of it is that you can just you don't have to wait for a doctor to order the labs. You can just pick the one you want and 
And I, you know, the thing that led me to that too is I, I was reading so much. I had a hunch that it was something with my thyroid. Mm-hmm. So I kept reading about that in particular. And I was like, okay, I know the tests that I need to do just from reading all these things. So I, that, those are the ones that I chose. And luckily enough, that was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty similar experience in that man, this must have been about three years ago now, I had terrible, terrible acne, like all over my cheeks, Mm. which was not something that I hadn't experienced that before. And had gone to some different practitioners, um, just all sorts of things. And that's actually how I found Dr. Cassie Wilder, who's been on the show and who you work with as well. And I came to her Mm. and I was like, you know... I think that I have some sort of like overgrowth or like I think I even maybe thought it was a parasite. Something is in my gut that's affecting my skin. And she she was very kind in that like she, I bet she hears so many like theories that people have about their body. Yeah. But I was right. right. And that's it was um candida, it was yeast overgrowth. And so we worked together, we we got that fixed. And more recently it had some of those same Um, not the same symptoms, but same feelings of like, I think something's a little off. And this time it was more related to blood sugar after having a baby and went in back to Cassie and said, Hey, I think my blood sugar is kind of high. And she again was like, okay, let's, let's check it. And in fact it was, it was really high. So I am such a fan of this, but it does, like you said, take some research and some reading and listening to your body. And I guess to listeners that are in the same boat that you and I have been in, don't give up, you know, don't settle for feeling like crap. You do not have to do that. Yeah. And don't let anyone tell you that what you're feeling is normal. And don't let anyone tell you that it's all in your head or you need to be put on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication because that's something that commonly happens, especially to women. We get dismissed a lot and it's like, oh, it must be hormonal. Oh, you're just getting older. Oh, your hormones are changing. Don't buy that stuff. If you if you feel that something is off, investigate it, research it. Be adamant until you figure out what the answer is and what the root cause is. I'm really, that's something that if you don't take anything else away from this, that's like my most important message is listen to your body. Don't let anyone else tell you, you know, what to do. You're the expert. Mm -hmm. Going back to when you were talking about being a health coach, what are some of the goals that people come with to you? What are they saying that they potentially want at the get go? And maybe they revise that as they're actually working with you. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. But some common ones are weight loss. Mm -hmm. That's one that I get a lot. Um, Just being able to implement consistency. I think that's a huge one. A lot of people know what they need to do and they started doing it, but they're not able to stay consistent with with their with their progress. So I think that's the beauty of having someone to check in with and be like, you know, this is what I'm doing. What do I need to what do I need to do differently? Um, and sometimes it just takes that outside person to come in and like see it from the outside and be able to kind of see it with new eyes mm-hmm. and um, suggest like little things that you can do. And it's sometimes it's really not that complicated. It's just things that and a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I never thought of that before. And it's just it, and it's very simple. But because you're in your head all the time, it's hard to kind of step back and and, and see things in a different light. And so that's what I really enjoy. I really enjoy doing that with people, just kind of like looking at things, making some suggestions, seeing if that works, let them let them try out what the the new suggestion is and then come back and say, did it work? Did it not work? And then go from there and make some more changes until we get to something that's that feels good and comfortable. Um, But yeah, I would say consistency and time management are the two that I I really hear a lot Mm. from from patients. That's funny. I hear that too, is is people are just like, I don't have time to take care of myself. And it's like, oof, I know. I know that feels. And let's reduce how much time it takes to do that. When we're talking ideas, right? You had said, I come with some ideas, things that they maybe hadn't thought of before. What type of ideas are you bringing to people? Because I know that... A health coach can't prescribe anything and can't diagnose. So what type of suggestions might you give someone who is, say, thinking about, they come with that initial, like, I want to wait, lose some weight. What simple things are you suggesting? Yeah, so I, I think that one of the most important things is kind of getting back to the basics. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we kind of overlook sometimes, especially with the way social media is, how much exposure we have to so many different things. 
um, you get caught up in the trends and you get caught up in like this person's doing this and this person's doing that. I wonder if I should try this or that. And there's just so much out there. It can become really overwhelming. Absolutely. So like I think getting back to the basics is really important. So those are things like what are they? Your How is your sleep? Um, what are your stress levels? What, what are the sources of stress in your life? How are your relationships, right? Um, you know, what what's your schedule like for food? What are you eating? When are you eating? Um, you know, uh, what are, is your, are you active? Are you physically active? Are you moving? And a lot of times it's like when we start to look at those little things, there's a lot there that comes up. And it's like, for example, with movement, uh, I hear people a lot say like, um, you know, I'm doing hit exercise or workouts and I'm doing like really high intensity right. kind of um, things. And it's just not serving them well. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's like it's draining them. They're exhausted when they're done. They don't feel they don't feel the energy that you're supposed to get when you're finishing a workout. Right. So it's just like maybe sometimes you just need to tone it down a little bit. Maybe you need to start listening to your body a little bit and figuring out what is it that I actually need. So and then sometimes going back to the time management, um, sometimes it's just tweaking how you're spending your time um, and prioritizing things like I I do this exercise with with uh, with patients, like a time management exercise where it makes you kind of look at what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that are Mm -hmm. priority to you? And are you actually doing activities that align with those things? Or is it just something that's there, but you're not really making the effort or time to do those things that are going to align with that that goal that you have or the thing that's important to you? So sometimes it's really just those little tweaks. And I'm a big fan of baby steps. Mm -hmm. I don't like to give people like overwhelming things to do. And I think a lot of times we do that to ourselves. We think we have to kind of do all or nothing, right? Like it's like I either commit to this program for like this amount of time or I don't do it at all. Sometimes it's just finding what works in your in your circumstances in your day. And that's all it takes is just kind of that a little bit of that tweaking um, to figure things Mm -hmm. out. The hit conversation is something that like I really resonate with. And I it's you know, we do hear that this more that like you don't want to be doing high intensity every day. But I think in a past life, I thought that was really healthy. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm was teaching yoga five days a week, teaching really high intensity classes. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm healthy. And in fact, was really burning out my adrenals, probably messing with my hormones. And to your point about being able to like kind of bounce off your lifestyle to somebody who is a third party, you know, it's like, here's what I'm eating. You know, here are the things that I'm eating on a regular basis. I think I'm eating really well. I'm really balanced. And you're actually like, oh, you know what? We need to eat a little bit more protein. And we got to limit some of that like weird sugar that's stuck in some things. And if I hadn't run that by someone else, probably would never have known. It's that idea that we think we're doing all the things and outside help is so helpful. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, it's interesting because I actually just recently started um, talking to a nutritionist for, for myself okay. personally. Um, and um, she and she asked me, she had asked me to do a uh, food diary. And, um, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, man, my food diary is going to be so good. Like, I know right? I eat so well <laughs> and like all this stuff. And she it's funny because I was so shocked what she told me. She's like, your meals are really good. But she's like, you barely eat carbs. She's like, right. you need so much more carbs. And I'm like, oh, like, I never even thought of that. And like, you know, I'm doing this every day. But when it comes to yourself, sometimes you do need those outside eyes to kind of see the big picture. Um, and I was like, you know, and, and she told me, like, you need to have a carb with every meal. It doesn't have to be anything processed or anything like that. But it, there needs to be something. And, you know, once I started doing that, I started feeling so much better. I was like, oh, that was so simple. Like, I didn't even think about that, you know. So it's just sometimes it just takes that outside look, you know. That is simple. Can you offer some ideas of what good carbs are for people that are like, oh, man, carbs. Sure. Like, what are what are they? <laughs> yeah, sweet potatoes is my favorite. Okay. So that's one that I always recommend. And by the way, a lot of people don't know that vegetables are carbs. I know. So vegetables, mm-hmm. vegetables, they're your best friends. <laughs> so, And that's a really good source of carbs. And the good thing about vegetables is they're loaded with fiber, which is really important for our you know, digestive system. Um, and they're also very low calorie for the most part. So if somebody is worried about like weight gain or they're trying to lose weight, that is a go-to. I would say like that that's something you should have with every meal if possible. Um, and then a variety, like just a variety of different vegetables is always a good idea because we know like all the different colors have different benefits and 
um, you know, it's just, there's so many benefits. I could go on and on about the phytonutrients and like antioxidants and anti-inflammatory effects and like all of that stuff. So I would say vegetables, like let's start thinking about those as carbs. We don't really think about it in mm -hmm. that way. Um, if you're thinking about more starchy carbs, like I said, sweet potatoes are a really good choice. Even regular potatoes are okay every once mm -hmm. in a while. I don't want anyone to think that you can't eat potatoes or something like that. That's a good carb as well, as long as it's balanced with other things that you're eating, like proteins and healthy fats. But even things like um, rice, and I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not against white rice. You can have white rice, brown rice, whatever rice you like, as long as it's not taking up the majority of right. your plate, right? So I think the key to, to with carbs is that you want to have um, a portion of your plate that has carbs, but it doesn't have to be the majority. It can be like, I would say a fourth to a third to a fourth, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and, and you, you know, like the key here is to balance it out with those, um, proteins and healthy fats so that there's no spike in the blood sugar. That's the, the important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel about fruit as a carb? Yeah. Fruit is a carb too. And you know, fruit is one of those things. I feel like it's very highly individualized. Yeah, true. Um, everyone reacts differently to, to fruits. Um, fruits are healthy. Let's, let's put that first. Like <laughs> fruits are healthy. They ha provide lots of fiber, lots of same thing with the vegetables, phytonutrients and antioxidants, like all that good stuff. The problem with fruits and the thing that people are more aware of now is that they do have natural sugars, right? So they definitely can spike your blood sugar. And I think that's something that um, you have to monitor on an individual basis and just figure out like how much is enough for me and it's not too much. You're not feeling like sluggish and things like that. But I, what I would recommend is sticking or trying to stick mostly to those fruits that don't have a very high sugar content, mm -hmm. like berries are a really good one. Those tend to have lots and lots and lots of nutrients, very nutrient dense, and they don't have a very high sugar content. So berries is always a go-to. But even if you're having things like bananas and grapes are like the ones that have the most sugar in them, even if you're having those, I would say pair them with a healthy fat. So for example, if you're having a banana, you can put some nut butter, you can eat it with some nuts. Um, when you balance it out like that, that blood sugar spike doesn't go up as high. Um, and it kind of balances everything out so that you're not crash, you know, spiking and crashing. So I would keep that in mind. If you are having those, just make sure to eat it with some kind of healthy fat on the mm -hmm. side. Yeah, that that sugar content, you know, again, like I used to put them in smoothies, put fruit in smoothies and like my smoothie was mostly fruit thinking this is so great. And then in the end, it was it was spiking that blood sugar. And so just reducing down mm -hmm. to a little bit of frozen berries has made all the difference, tiny tweak, like yeah. you said, so small. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. And for smoothies in particular, it's a really good idea to add some protein and healthy fats. Um, and examples of that would be if you're using a protein powder, I'm not against it. I'm just very, I would say for people to be cautious of the kind of the, you know, the quality oh my of gosh. protein mm -hmm. powder. Because that can make a huge difference. A lot of people don't know that um, if you read the labels, there's sometimes a lot of added sugars, a lot of added stuff that you just don't want to be, you just shouldn't have. Um, another thing is that there are a lot of heavy metals in smoothies. Uh, sorry, not in smoothies. Protein, protein powders. Powder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so you, if you want to look for that NSF certification, that tells you that they've tested it for heavy metals and that the, the level is okay to consume. It's not anything alarming or anything like that. So I would look for that. But even if you're not doing protein powders, you can add things like hemp seeds, flax mm -hmm. seeds, chia seeds, um, things like you can you can add whole nuts, you can add nut butter. So those are good ways to get in protein as well without using the protein powder. And then healthy fats are like avocado. Um, again, nut butters can be healthy fats as well. Just adding those things in or even using like coconut or like, milk um, yeah. every once mm -hmm. in a while sparingly, not too much because it does have a lot of saturated fat, but, you know, using that maybe in addition to mixing it with water or mixing it with an almond um, almond milk or something like that, you could balance it out. But just adding those things in, you can still have a really nutritious smoothie. So mm -hmm. that's another thing to keep in mind. Do you have any protein powder that you really like? The one that I like is from Garden of Life. Oh, yeah. It's... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that one is one of my favorites. Another one that I was recently introduced to is Promix. Okay. Um, Promix is good. It's certified, no heavy metals and all of that. Um, but the only problem with that one is it's unflavored. I actually like mine to be flavored. Oh, yeah. So that's why I like the Garden of Life one. <laughs> just a little sweetness <laughs> in there. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I like So um, yeah. I like Kelly Levesque. She has her Be Well by Kelly ones, which are like, she has a couple different oh, ones. Okay. And now she just came out with a vegan option 
which is nice because nice. I wish it was beef isolate that I think she was using before. And then now there's a vegan option, which is helpful. So, okay. I'll have to look into that one. Good. Awesome. It's always good. I'm always looking because yeah. they're expensive. Protein parties are expensive. Are. And so having some options out there is so helpful. Yes, absolutely. Love that. Absolutely. So something that I really loved when we first started working together in your intake form, you had asked so many great questions. One of them or a few of them are around faith and spirituality and obviously that's integral to this show but i i really believe that these areas of our faith and our beliefs are a huge part of our wellness journey and i know that you think this too can you share a little bit about those two things interweaving like how do you see them connected yeah so this for me this is um i love talking about this and this is um something that is very important to me um, as a Muslim, you know, our faith really teaches us that our bodies are a trust from God, right? So like we've been given these bodies, we've been entrusted to take care of them. And so th- what does that mean? That means that, you know, I have the power to decide what am I going to do with my body? Am I going to support it in a way that is going to make sure that it's healthy and not exposing it to things that are harmful, like, you know, you know, drugs or alcohol or, you know, substances that are just not going to support it and it's going to, you know, have a, a bad effect on it. Um, another thing that is really important in our, um, in my faith tradition is something called tayyib. And tayyib, this is an Arabic word. It means wholesome. So the food that's just, when, when in our holy scripture, food is described as tayyib. Like God commands us to eat things that are tayyib or wholesome. And what does that mean? That means like, if you think about it, you know, would a I don't know, like a meal from a fast food place be wholesome? Probably not, right? right? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that every once in a while. That's that's fine. But like in, for the most part, you want to eat the things that are wholesome, that are going to provide you with what your body actually needs to function optimally. So that's actually something that's ingrained in my faith and that, you know, picking, choosing those foods that are not only going to provide you with those nutrients, but thinking about where do they come from, mm. right? Like sustainability and thinking about, how we're using the earth, how we're using the animals. Are we, are we environmentally as well? You know, like, are we um, like, you know, this whole thing about regenerative farming, that's something that we should definitely be looking into um, as far as like, how do we grow our food? How, where is it? Are are we spraying chemicals all over our food? So really trying your best to like choose those foods that are wholesome and choose the foods that are the quality of the food is really important. And I think this is Aside from being a part of the faith, I think this is so important for your health, just realizing where does the food come Mm. from? What has it gone through? What processes have been um, implemented on these foods? So that's something really important as well. Another part of that I feel is like the mental aspect as well, right? So like um, for us, we actually pray five times a day. And so the prayer, and it's not a long prayer or anything like that, but I would say like the average prayer takes about five minutes or so. Um, And we do this like we have one in the morning, early morning before the sun comes up. We have one that's like around noontime, one that's around like three or four o'clock, one that's at sunset and then one that's at night. So if you think about it, like every stage of the day, we have a prayer. And I feel that these prayers really ground me um, and they really help me because because, you know, part of health and wellness is the mental part, too. It's not just the physical part. It's not just the what you're eating and what how you're exercising. It's really about your mental health as mm-hmm. well. And so this prayer really, I feel like it grounds me um, and it reminds me what my purpose is, right? What am I What am I striving to do? Why am I doing these things? Um, and then we also have a concept called taqwa. Taqwa is roughly translated as mindfulness. And I feel like that, honestly, that that has been, for me with my personal health journey, that has been a huge, huge, just like motivator, and a part that I feel like it's just everything. Like they say, mindfulness is everything. It really is. Being able to reframe the way you think about things and trying to uh, always put a positive spin on things, I think is so powerful and so helpful in everything, mm-hmm. really. And especially like going back to like, you know, Hashimoto's and you know going through that whole health journey. Um, I think it's really important when you're able to focus on positive things, focus on the things that you are doing that you can do and not focusing on like, oh my God, this is so bad and this is so negative right. and it's it's horrible. And it, it's just really powerful. So we have this concept of taqwa, like I said, mindfulness. And it's essentially in the faith, it means like being aware that God is watching you, right? That he's, 
he's going to see what you're doing. So you want to really strive to do the things that he wants you to do and stay away from the things that he doesn't want you to do. So that mindfulness, I feel like it kind of goes across everything that we do. And um, it's, it's very powerful, in my opinion. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. I, you know, the prayer, I never had, no one's ever really explained the, the prayers throughout the day before. So it's nice to hear what that cadence is. And mm-hmm. what, I mean, what a beautiful thing. I often will tell, you know, listeners or clients that praying before meals is such, I mean, like a life hack. I really just gratitude for your food. Yeah. And even like you had Absolutely. mentioned, just finding those grounding moments throughout the day. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting that you talked about praying before meals. We do that as well. And it's not just that, but we have prayers for like literally everything we do. And to me, that's, it's really beautiful because you're able to connect with why you're doing things. It's not just like you're doing things haphazardly. So we do have a prayer before we eat and it's, um, you know, it's asking God to bless the food that we're going to have. And it's also reminding you that you have this food. It's a blessing. It's not just like, it's just not out of nowhere, you know, right? And then at the end, we also thank God for the food that we had. And one of my favorite prayers is actually a prayer that we have when we wake up in the morning. The first thing that we say when we wake up is, let me see if I can translate this from Arabic in my <laughs> mind. Um, so it says, thank, basically, you're thanking God for being for waking you up or giving you a new day after you had been asleep. Because, you know, when you're asleep, it's like you don't feel anything, You're right? Like you... It's kind of like you're, it's almost like you're dead. Right. You're, you're, yeah. com- you're completely out, mm-hmm. right? So it's like you're, you're thanking God for waking you up, giving you another day, and um, giving you this opportunity after you had been kind of dead mm-hmm. to give you life again. And so I, I love kind of starting the day off with that prayer because it reminds you that how blessed, how blessed we are. And um, it's, it's something that I've been trying to do. In addition to that prayer, I've been trying to also kind of cultivate that gratitude more and more and I challenge myself every morning when I wake up instead of because what I used to do is like think of my to-do list right that's that's the first thing that came to my (laughs) mind and so now I'm trying to challenge that and say okay what are the things that I'm grateful for and I try to try to bring something up that I hadn't thought about in the past so it's like it's always challenging like trying to figure out what is something that I'm blessed with that I haven't thought about before and bringing that to the surface it just really makes your day go a lot better when you're starting the day off thinking about that, like how blessed you are. And then all the little small negative things that happen don't really matter anymore when you're starting to think about all the blessings that you have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I love this idea. And and two, coming up with different ideas, right? Different ideas, different things you're grateful for every day. There, we know that there's so much magic, right? When you come out of sleep, you're still in that sort of meditative, I don't know exactly which brainwave it is, but it's, you're not fully, fully awake yet. And you have this ability to be extremely magnetic coming out of sleep, whether that be thinking about the things that you, you know, you want for your day and starting with gratitude, like you had suggested, I mean, goes the entire day. It can shape your whole day. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. So for somebody that is struggling to make some positive changes in their life. They're, you know, they're excited about some of the things that we're talking about, whether it be really simple, more movement, um, more prayer, more water, whatever it is. What suggestions, like what do you tell your clients to help them with making these positive changes and being consistent? I know you talked about starting small. What else do you suggest So I think something I had kind of mentioned before is really delving into why things are important to you. Why are you doing this in the first place? Getting clear on that, I think, is really important. Like, why am I doing this? Why is it important to me? What's my motivation? Because guess what? Life happens and you're not always going to be motivated. You're not always going to be making progress. You're going to have setbacks and that's completely normal. But like focusing on why is powerful because when you have those setbacks, you can always come back to why it's important to you. And that kind of helps you get motivated to start again when you have a setback. Mm-hmm. So that that's the first thing I, I would say is figure out why you're doing something, why it's important to you. That's important. And then the other thing that I, I can't stress enough is don't compare yourself to anybody but yourself. Don't get into this right. like, uh. you know, like this. it's so <laughs> it's hard. So I know hard. because it's we're so bombarded with all of this like fake stuff that we see on social media. It's not all real. Like, you know, like no one is going to show you the worst day they had. They're going to show you the prettiest picture and all the good stuff that's happening. And 
you know, all the all the stuff that it's yes, it's real, but it's not the reality of everything that's going on, right? So you're only in competition with yourself. That's what I would say. Don't compare yourself. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's on a different part of their journey. So it's 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 almost not fair to compare yourself to anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Like just focus on your progress and your your own like strive to make each day better than the last and that's it you don't have to compare yourself to anyone else so i would say don't compare yourself um another powerful one is focus on what you can do and not what you can't do right um, and this mm-hmm. is this is so powerful and essential like it, it's it's it almost goes back to like the whole positivity like just being positive about things you know um when you when we focus on whatever we focus on grows right so if we're always focusing on oh, I can't have this food. Or, so I'll tell you, I'm gluten-free and dairy-free. I've been gluten-free and dairy-free for the past four years, and this just helps me with my Hashimoto's symptoms. And so I remember when I first started out, I was like, I was so bummed because I love bread. Like, that is one of my favorite things <laughs> bread in the and world. Cheese, bread and cheese, man. Like, how could, like, yeah. that's tough. and cheese. Right? Yeah, it's like, it's so good. Oh, man. And so for the longest time when I first started out, I was like, just, I felt so sad that I was missing out on all this, this food that I loved. Right. But then just one day I was like, you know what? I'm actually, you know, if I think about it from the other perspective, there's so much I'm gaining from not eating these Mm -hmm. foods. So why am I focusing on that? I can't have it. Let me focus on all the like beautiful and nutrient dense things that I am eating to support my body. Once I made that shift, everything changed. I was like, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing out anymore. It's not even worth it for me to eat this Mm -hmm. because I know it's going to make me feel bad. Right. So just those simple mindset shifts, focusing on what you can control, what you can do is so much more powerful than focusing on all the stuff that's going wrong or all the things that you can't control, all the things that you can't do. So I would say that's a huge one as well. And then like we mentioned before, baby steps. I think that's very important. Not trying to go to one extreme or the other. Being Just trying to get consistent with those little things and building on them. And once you do that, you look back and you see, oh my God, I've made all this progress. But it doesn't feel like it because you're just taking small steps at a time. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I would say is get an accountability partner. Whether that be your spouse or your friend or your parents or whoever. Just someone that you can talk to or a health coach you know that's a good accountability partner too but just having someone to bounce ideas off of and someone that's going to hold you accountable and check in with you on your progress so i would say just those simple things can make a really big difference Mm -hmm. you've been hearing i feel like my poor husband i dragged him into this health journey as well and i not only do i report to you about myself but also my husband but having him be is interested in well-being right now as I am, that helps a lot. That is so far. And obviously, you know, maybe it's not a husband, it could be somebody else that wants to be there with you, but I love that suggestion. That's so helpful. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it makes things a lot easier for sure. Mm-hmm. If listeners wanted to start today, they're like, I heard Ashley and Marwa talking and I want to start right now. What are three things that you would suggest that they could do to help with their overall wellness and health today? Very simple, three things that you can do right now, today, which will not take anything out of your time or anything. I would say, number one, drink more water. <laughs> Just whatever, how much, you know, if you don't drink water at all, Cheers. drink some water. <laughs> more right now. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So drinking water, it, it's just, it makes such a huge difference in the way you feel. It gives you more energy. It detoxes, you know, things out of your body that you don't need. Um, it helps with clear up your skin. Um, it just, the energy piece is, for me is the biggest thing. It really does give you a lot of energy. And then for people who are struggling with weight loss or want to accelerate their weight loss, drink a lot of water. It makes you full. That's another really good advantage. It, it keeps you full so you don't feel like you need to snack in between meals and stuff like that. So drink water. That's number one. Number two, I would say get moving. Mm-hmm. Find a way to move. Doesn't matter what it is. If it even means parking far and walking, you know, farther from the if the parking lot to the store, whatever it means. If it means not taking the elevator and going up the stairs, um, whatever that looks like. If it means playing with your kids outside, if it means just putting on some music and dancing, like whatever, whatever it is that you can do to move, I would highly suggest that. They say that the new, what is it called? The new, um, the new smoking is sitting now. So oh like, my gosh, I've, smoking yes. used to be like the. Have you heard that? I'd never heard it said like that, but like 
it's scary (laughs) like whoa yeah like being sedentary is like one of the worst things that we can do so like just getting up and moving even like now like you know the um the smart watches that we have remind us like oh you haven't stood up stood up stand up you haven't stood up for an hour so stand up so like just reminding yourself to move is so powerful and it not only is good for your physical health it's good for your mental health absolutely so just getting up and moving and i would highly recommend if you can do it outside of nature if possible that's even better Um, lots of benefits there as well and then I would say the last thing find something you enjoy and do it so anything that brings you joy whatever that is to you do that today whatever that is find something every day that brings you that joy and make sure you implement it make sure you do it it can it can be anything it doesn't matter what it is as long as you feel joyful when you do this thing make sure you do that so Mm. drink water move find joy Mm. those are the three things I would say to start off with Mm. Yeah. Do you think that it's hard to know what brings you joy? I think some people struggle with this. Like what they're so in it. They're so in their day to day. They don't even know what brings them joy anymore. You know, that's something that I hear from patients all the time. Mm -hmm. Like when I ask them that question, that's something we explore. Um, A lot of times they struggle to figure out what it is. They don't know what it is. Um, And that just tells you how, like, we're just so sucked up in this, like, rat race, right? Like, we're just, like, always trying to go to the next thing, trying to go to the next thing, trying to make progress, trying to, you know, check off things off our list that we don't even know who we are anymore. And I think that's so important Mm -hmm. is to, like, yes, you need to spend time figuring out what that is. Like, and I actually have an exercise that I go through with patients. It's called the joy exercise. Mm -hmm. And we kind of go through and they kind of reflect on, when's the last time you actually experienced joy? And it helps you kind of go back and think about those times and situations and things that were present in that moment that made you feel that joy and kind of reconnect to that. Um, And so I feel like that's a really important thing to do is just, if you don't know what it is, spend some time just journaling or thinking about it and hopefully something will come up for you and you know, really focus on that because it can make a huge difference in the way you feel. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be big things. Like I always use no. this example about like that first cup of coffee in the morning, like first thing, that brings me significant joy. It's like that's awesome. <laughs> it's such a, yeah, and it's simple. And you know, if we can just program a few of those things in our day, it makes a big difference. It's a good one. Yeah, and it, and like you said, it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be like a whole experience or something. You yeah. know, it could be like you said, that cup of coffee. For me, it's opening my windows in the morning and sitting next to the window and feeling the sun on me. That's mm. that brings me joy. So it could be it's so simple, you know. But it's just whatever makes you feel happy. Make sure you do that every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Uh. So fun. I love this. So I'd love to know what are your self-care practices? Obviously, prayer is one of them. What what else do you like to do? Um, for me, like I said, sitting in the sun, that's a huge one for mm-hmm. me. I love just kind of like starting the day, looking outside, watching the sun rise and just getting that that energy boost, I guess, from the sun. That's another that's one. Um, my quiet time is really important to me, too. So I feel like on days that I'm able to wake up early, kind of just you know, get my thoughts in place and kind of connect with myself, do my prayers. Just that that time is really important to me. So that quiet time, that alone time. Yoga is another one that I really enjoy. I love doing yoga. Yoga to me is like therapy, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's so grounding and so like the breath work, all of that stuff is really, really like it makes me feel like a whole new person. And I always tell myself I'm like why do not I don't do this more often? I don't understand. Like every time I do, I'm like, why do not I not spend time more time doing this? So that's one thing that I feel. Yoga is a great one. I love being outside in nature, walking. Like that's something that I feel like if I don't do that every day, there's something missing. So I like being outside as much as possible and just kind of enjoying enjoying time with my family, things like that. Those are all kind of yeah, my self care things. Yeah. And you have a big family. I mean, it's not like you're just, it's just you solo at home doing these self-care routines. Can you just share with listeners from perspective, <laughs> like about your family? Yes. Yeah, so I, um, I have four kids. I'm married. I have four kids. Uh, my oldest is graduating high school this year and my youngest is, is in second grade. Um, so I have a girl and three boys. And uh, so I'm really busy, yeah. really, really yeah. busy. And, it, and it, it just, it shows that, you know, anybody can do this. Even if you're busy, you can spend time, you can carve out that time. And I feel like the more you do it, the more you realize how important it mm-hmm. is. So I feel like now, I, I, I remember a time when my kids were younger, I would feel so guilty when I took out time for myself. Mm-hmm. It would make me feel like, 
I'm not being a good mom if I'm like taking this time to do something for me. But now I realize that if I don't take the time to do something for me, I'm not going to be the best mom that I can be. I'm not going to be the best wife. I'm not going to be the best daughter, friend, health coach, whoever, you know, all these roles, right? So like now I I realize that it's an essential part of um, feeling well and feeling uh, well-rounded is just taking that time for myself. And that's why that's why now you understand why quiet time is important to yeah. me because it's always crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's always crazy here. So having that um, alone quiet time is really, really important. Absolutely. And then last question, yeah. what kind of yoga do you do? You do it at home? Like, do you do it on YouTube? What's your do you go to a studio? What do you like to do? So before the pandemic, I used to go to a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since then, I have not gotten back in. So I do do it at home. Sometimes it looks like basically like I'm sitting quietly and I just feel like my body needs to move in that way. And so I'll just do some some poses or stretches. And sometimes most of the time I'll follow along on YouTube. I have one in particular that I really like um, yoga with Adrian. Oh, I yeah. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I can I feel like I connect with her and I, I love her practices. And I love the fact that her practices are not super long because I don't always have like an hour to do right. yoga. And if I have 15 minutes, I will definitely do that. So I like how it's flexible and I can do it at home and whenever I get a chance, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marwa, you're so, such a gem. I've learned so much from you. I'm so glad that we've been connected. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you've thank been, you. You've been awesome. <laughs> I've been, you know, like it's, it's been great. A pleasure to, to work with you as well. And um, thank you for having me on here. It's been really great. I love all of these topics. So this is like my cup of tea right here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can you just share with listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more about you, maybe work with you in the future? Give us the details. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I have a, my website is my, so my private practice is called Figs and Olives Wellness. And so that's figsandolivewellness.com. And you can find me on Instagram. My handle is healthcoachmarwa. So that's where you can find me. Follow me. You'll have, you know, be exposed to some uh, really cool stuff that I talk about, some tips and recipes and uh, self-care and just kind of everything we've talked about today. Awesome. And shout out to Minneapolis Integrative Medicine, who I get to work with, and that's yes. how I made my way to Marwa, and she's been such a help to me. So thanks for connecting us. Love yes. Yeah, thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone. You can follow Marwa on Instagram at healthcoachmarwa. You can follow us at Yoga Magic Podcast. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Share it with a friend. You know the drill. Thank you so much, everyone. I'll see you next week for our 200th episode. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, all.